Question of the day. James, you asked me a question that you stole from Quora, which I... I plagiarized. I like Quora, but I used to love it. I don't know why I got off it. I change, I do that a lot. I cycle through things really fast. Do you? You're really so disloyal to your, to your websites. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a like serial che- you monogamist. Che- you cheat on websites. I do. But uh, previously on Question of the Day, you asked me, what is one thing about adult life that you wish you had known coming in? And I gave my... I think terrible long-winded answer. So no, that's, that's a good answer. The people, way you say that. I know you well enough to know when Be, I hear that tone. No, no, people should listen because we had some good stuff in that. That was yesterday's episode. Mm. Well, um, let's hear your better, shorter-winded answer. What's something that you really wish you'd known about adult life that you didn't and that you would tell other people now? You know, I could I could say something obvious like, oh, you're going to experience a lot more failure in life than, than you thought. Like, you know, I see my kids, so I have a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old, and they get all A's on everything. Really? And they, and they get 110s when they get extra credit and whatever. But uh, the real world, if you could, in a business, if you could make 51% of your decisions correctly, you're going to have an all-star, successful, multi-million dollar business. But I'm not going to say that. I think much more important for someone to know and maybe this is just me. I'm just talking about me as opposed to it's everybody. definitely just you. Yes, it's just me. Well, every, advice is autobiography. So any advice just comes from autobiography. But uh, I do think most of your initial sexual experiences in your relationships are going to be awkward, confusing, and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I think I wish I had known as a 15-year-old. Most of your initial sex, meaning the first time with yeah, a first different time partner. With yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wish so, I had known that. At basically every age of my life. (laughs) So would your advice then be to have fewer partners and just have more encounters with fewer partners so that you'd get better faster? No, I don't know if I would change anything differently. I just wish I would had known that. Maybe maybe instead I wouldn't have felt as bad in some of those early experiences, or maybe I would have had more discussion on getting to know someone before those Mm -hmm. experiences, Mm -hmm. because it does get better. It's just those initial things you put so much pressure on yourself. But it's you're saying it's um, every. I, I should say I should put pressure on myself that that happens. But I you're can't saying speak it's for everyone. every initial. I can't speak sexual, for Brad Pitt. <laughs> you're saying it's every initial encounter with every partner. No, I'm saying that there's a lot more awkward and uncomfortable sexual experiences initially than you would expect <laughs> as a 15 year old. As a 15 year old, you sort of think. Oh my God! This is going to be the best thing ever all the time, mm. and it doesn't really work that out that idea way. From you know, from movies. I, I don't know. Yeah, movies. It's like everybody, like all the the blankets are moving. Like somehow they're always like doing it under it's the blankets. Good music on the <laughs> yeah. lighting's good, right? And Nobody's like, got pimples, right? Everybody's like, you know, now, did that make yelling? You, now, why did that make you think about adult life that like movies are not a reliable barometer of how real life happens? Well, I didn't know that, that movies are not a barometer of how real life happens. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why did you I not draw that the, conclusion I, as opposed to, like, sex is not going to be very good? I both believed in the force, and I believed that sex would always be good. <laughs> so, so I think if I'm thinking about things that adults do that I'd seen from the other side of the border, from the from the pre-adult side, and then got over to the adult side and say, oh, things are not at all what they'd seemed, I think it might be that um, I realize that nobody actually likes eating salad. But, Ugh, but you do. do. You do. Uh, I hate salad. I said like. I hate salad, though. I know, but I eat it. I don't. Most people don't like salad. Right. No, no. I don't think anybody you likes know, salad. Can I ask you a question I don't about think this? rabbits like salad. In 2002, when we started playing backgammon, I swear to God, you would eat like 
corned beef hash and rice I pudding still, and a hamburger. I still eat all when that did stuff. You, when did you switch to salads? <laughs> well, so I still eat all that stuff in moderation, but I'd say I do eat a little more healthfully than then overall. All right. Um, you partly, have to because you have to. Well, I, also I, because my at our advanced age, you I, have to. Also, I have a genetic predisposition, and this is something for which I'm grateful for from the science. Even though I know you don't believe in science or facts or medicine, and that is your prerogative. No, I believe in medicine, but I believe I'm a doctor. Right, exactly. So I have a pre uh, a genetic predisposition because of my uh, wonderful genes that I inherited for diabetes, and therefore. Uh, kind of preemptively, prophylactically decided to uh, take that under control. Try to Did lose you just weight. use the word prophylactically in a medical of, sense be- because of my que- my an- initial answer to the question? I'm not that clever, but I did use it uh, to mean not putting on a condom. Yeah. So prophylactically, I prophylactically treated my potential, um, you know, All right, uh, that's smart. situation. Steven and I have this one under control, but I'm going to grab our QOD Magic 8-Ball just in case. We'll be right back. Cry, baby, cry. Hi, I'm Sarah Thayer. And I'm Susan Orlean. And nothing makes us happier than hearing what makes people cry. On our show, Cry Babies, we talk to comedians, musicians, writers, and other awesome people about what makes them cry. And sometimes we cry too. But it's the good kind of crying. Therapeutic. Yeah. Like when James Urbaniak explained why Yellow Submarine is so affecting. I had Revolver and I was listening to that and that came on and suddenly just John Lennon cutting up. You know, Yellow! And he's just being so funny and and it just snuck up on me. What's going on? (laughs) I'm crying at Yellow Submarine, the goofiest Beatles song. So, listen to Crybabies. Find us on Earwolf, Howl, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. So, salad, not as not what you think. Sex, not what you think. What other adult activities do you think we should warn young listeners against where they might be looking and say, man, can't wait till I can do that? I think people, in, I think adult, kids don't realize that adults in general overestimate their abilities. So mm, that's a great point. You know, a classic example is nine out of ten drivers think they're above the median in driving, which is just not possible. Uh, nine out of ten people think they're above average in uh, being a good judge of people, uh, which is you know Are just you? not possible. I don't think I'm a good judge of people. No, I think I'm good. I'll tell you what I think I'm good at. I think I'm good at reading signals from people, like telling if somebody's telling <laughs> telling me <laughs> you just stuck up. <laughs> Two middle fingers at me, which hey, is a, hey, a powerful signal. Um, I'm telling on you. <laughs> um, I think I think that's a little different skill than being a good judge whether someone's uh, has bad intent towards you or not. I think I wish I had known about money more as a kid. So I think I should have realized, you know, and when you're a kid, you realize, oh, I need to be rich, and you 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 realize pretty quickly as an adult that rich or having a lot of money doesn't isn't really necessarily correlated to happiness and also that there's three skills to money one is making it the other is keeping it the other is growing it so i didn't realize those three were distinct skills and very different from each other so i wish i had known that as a kid now we've talked previously about um having the the wherewithal to judge your performance in the moment well and to not be susceptible to biases, including like a sunk cost fallacy. So when you bring up money, it makes me want to go back, ask you, go 
it makes me want to ask you about something in your history where you'd made a bunch of money for your age and, you know, for your age and the time, it was a lot of money. It was like $10, $15 million you were worth on paper, right? Yeah. And you were about 30. Not on paper, in cash. You'd collared it. You yeah. were You were liquid. Yeah, I was liquid. So you had a bunch of money, way more money than you'd ever had, way more money than you ever thought you'd had, and yet felt compelled to have even more by a factor of five or 10, right? Yeah, I felt like I wouldn't, I suddenly had this amazing, like, desire to have 100 million or else, or else I wouldn't be happy in life. And what gave you the idea that you wouldn't be happy? Was it comparing yourself to other people in your circle? You know, I think also you you're you're asking a question that required me to have some sort of self reflection analysis, which I just did not have. Like I in, didn't in any realm, or just I never, in the realm of your personal I, I, achievement and wealth. I don't know. I just did not have the ability to stop myself and say, "Is this a reasonable goal or not?" But you were. Even then, an analytic person, if not by nature, by practice, you played, was, you played a lot of chess. Yeah, you so I had, your... I had IQ, but I wasn't necessarily self-aware about anything I was mm. doing. I don't know if that's EQ or not, but I just was not self-aware at all. I did not say to myself, hey, I've got enough money to last a generation, last 10 generations maybe. And instead, I just, I never stopped to think that what I was doing to try to make more was stupid. So I wish I had known then about money. If you have money... Whatever you do, don't use more than one or two percent of it on any other thing. Like I would put twenty or thirty percent into an investment and think, oh my gosh, now I'm going to make a hundred million, and uh, that was just too much money uh, as a percentage of my net worth at the time. And I eventually went broke at that time. I mean, I lost. You saw it. You saw the house I lived in. I totally lost my home. I moved to a home. You know. 70 miles away, one-tenth the size, uh, I lost everything. And, you know, I lost all work. I lost my friends. Uh, and you were eagerly following me around, trying to get the story out of it, trying to trying to swoop down and figure out if I was going to just kill myself or not, which I was close to doing. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I wish I had been a little smarter about money. I wish I knew about money when I was 15. Did anyone around you say to you, James, you got $10, $15 million, you don't need to get more? Nobody said that. Not a single did, person. Did Were there a lot of people around you who were encouraging you to be, you know, profligate? and? Yes, because everybody thinks if you make money, you're smart. And it's just not true. There's no correlation between making money and general intelligence about other things. Is that things. true or is that a fact you're making up right now? Well, that's hard for me to believe that's true. I, it was true for me. So I made money and I don't think it made me smarter. Advice any, is autobiography. Uh, advice is autobiography. So th- I don't think it made me smarter at any other area of life other than the one area I had made money mm-hmm. it, at that time, by the way, which was a special time to make money at that time was the late 90s. Here's one thing uh, I wish someone had told me before I was an adult. You could make friends with someone in a professional setting when you go to write about them because they've just cratered financially and would be a good story in your book about the psychology of money and yet remain good enough friends with them 16 years later to do a regular uh, daily podcast with them. Very true. Don't forget to subscribe to Question of the Day on iTunes. While you're there, take a second to rate the show and be sure to catch the next question of the day, which will go something like this. Let me ask you this. What were you doing the first time you made a million dollars? You talking to me? Yeah. You're assuming I made a million dollars more more than one time? Maybe. I don't know, actually. 
What was I doing the first time I made a million dollars? I mean, you could be like me. You could have made it and lost it and made it and lost it, in which case I could answer several times what was the first time I made gone from zero to a million <laughs> times. But I'm assuming you're smarter than me and a slightly more mature individual and made a million dollars and you somehow held on to it and maybe kept going. Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 